Hi, this is Laura Dromrick. Thanks for listening to Fear Initiative. If you like what you hear, rate us on your favorite podcast app, follow us on social media, and tell your friends all about us. Thanks for listening. It starts with the drip. Always the drip. One drop, two drops. Sometimes it hits your head or your hand or your foot. Then comes the smell. The sulfury, musty smell of stone and despair. You hope that if you keep your eyes closed tight enough, he would go away. But he never does. He always knows when you're awake. Even now, all this distance from the dark crash, He knows when you're awake. Slowly, you open your eyes. You are, as you always are, in in eternal darkness, far from the light. And nudging you with her little foot is a drow girl, your sister, Altari. Lily, father says he's hungry again. Um, oh, uh, okay. Altari is a little waif girl of maybe seven years old. Like you, father found her when she was a baby and has been raising her with a lot of help from the rest of the family. She looks at you with absolute trust, but at everyone else with skittish doubt. In her hands is the doll you fashioned from a scrap of red fabric and some chicken bones. This is the last morning of her life. Um, let, let's get the food ready, then. You know what happens if we can't find anyone? Yes. It won't be good. Altari starts walking out of the chamber that you guys are sleeping in and towards a chimney that'll lead up to uh, the crash that you live underneath. She slowly scrambles her way up the chimney and finally enters into the main road Ahead of you, you can see the main gates to the crutch of uh, Blathana. In front of the gates are two guards who kind of give you both a little bit of a little eyeing. So you have to find some way to get past them. Um, Harold? Not here yet. Are there any rocks around? Mm Mm-hmm. Plenty. And they've already seen us, though. Um, There's people going through this tunnel right now, so they don't really... They're not paying too much attention to you uh, because there's so many other people. And it's also very possible that they might just ignore, you know, a seven and a uh, a 14-year-old girl. Um... I whispered to Altari, um, Altari, uh... What is it, Lily? Once I'm gonna pick up these rocks and once I throw them in a direction to distract the guards, we're gonna really quietly get down low and run as fast as we can past them. 
Okay, Lily, you just you, you let me know when. Okay. Um, and I, I go and find like a little handful of, of rocks. And when they're not looking, I throw them off in a direction. Hopefully that they just hear a bunch of noise and they don't know. <clears throat> you throw the rocks um, to one side of the tunnel and the guards kind of both perk up and look over that direction. And then the one beckons the other one to go walk over there, leaving a, a gap in the, in, the, in the gates. Right when they look, I go, 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 go. Okay. And, and then, she, yeah, she runs. You guys get past <clears throat> the two guards. Now you're into uh, Blathana. Uh, and <clears throat> the Blathana Kretsch. The chamber before you is easily four miles wide, with a ceiling that rises a thousand feet into the darkness above you. In the distance are farms and a large lake with a waterfall falling into it, and some hidden from some hidden source on the surface. Directly in front of you is the city of Lathana. Great stone buildings line the main road, main road leading to the opulent keeps and the many guards of the orchards. Beyond the orchards is the, is Traverse, the industrial section of town. To your right is Ivan's Bower, a formerly middle-class part of town that has seen better days. And to your left is the rundown section of a town called Brown Road, which also happens to be where most of the sewers connect with the river. Floating high overhead is the Sunstone, a giant orb that slowly orbits overhead, shedding blindingly bright light and turning the air into a balmy soup. Altieri gestures to you and says, and points towards the Brown Road, and she says, We should look over there. There's always somebody by the river. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's... Let's, you know, go down an alley or, or something where maybe there's mischievous bad people. Okay, Lily, she says and starts skipping away down towards uh, down an alley towards Brown River. I, I follow her behind her and kind of like keep watching if I see anyone. This is kind of like the bad part of town. Um, this is where all the thieves and all the, uh, you know, ne'er-do-wells uh, dwell. But some, but for a 14-year-old and a 7-year-old girl, it might be difficult to get to one of them. Um, to subdue them, I guess would be better to say. But Lily's, I'm sorry, Altieri skips ahead of you. And she stops. And she turns around and, and beckons you forward. And then she, she points towards the river and, and she goes, look, I think father would like him quite a bit. Um, and she's pointing towards a seven, an, another seven-year-old boy, dark-haired, wearing um, pretty nice clothing. Well, I, I don't know, Altieri. He, you know, he's, he's a kid like us. Maybe we should find someone, I don't know, less young. What, why would, why somebody, do you think father would like somebody older? Well, well, I don't know. He, he seems, he looks nice. He's just playing, right? Yeah, which means, I mean, we can just do the whole come play with us and we can just lead him, lead him over and, yeah, and have father get him. Yeah, I know. Um, is there, is there anyone else playing with him that I see? No, he is. He's completely alone. But the, we do know somebody will show up soon. 
Well, well, maybe, maybe let's just keep going and see if we find anyone else. Oh, okay, Lily. You, you, you tell us what. You tell me what to do. Let's just. But he seems easy. Well, we could come back. Okay, you, you lead the way. Um. Yeah, so I, I take her hand and I start leading the way. Okay. Down, trying to find like an alley, maybe. Oh yeah, this place is is is, is, is silly with alleys. Uh, <laughs> alleys all over the place. Perfection. Um, you walk down an alley. There are you know trash piles, and there are occasionally you see a wino. Um, or other people that are just kind of down on the luck. You see a couple of people playing dice down one alley, and you couple, see a couple of homeless people. Um, where, are you, where, are you, what are you looking for exactly? Uh, maybe someone that's kind of out of their wits, maybe drunk, or you know, lying around that looks like we could mm-hmm. grab them and take them, but light enough. That we can track it. Sure. Or conscious enough. Um, so as you're walking on this alleyway, you see a young halfling woman. Mm, young is actually, it's hard to really tell. Uh, very light hair, dark features, very lined face, and definitely reeking of alcohol. Just laying in the middle, uh, off to the side of the alleyway. Awesome. Um, hmm. Uh, Altari, how, how about, how about her? We could, you know, we could ask her to play a game with us and maybe she'd want to come back with us. Okay, Lily. And she walks over to the lady and starts like patting her on the face saying, wake up, wake up. Come on, lady, wake up. Hello. But no, she is she is out of it. Um Can I try casting Tasha's hideous laughter on her to make her like wake up and laugh? Sure. Cool. Suddenly the body of the of, of the, the halfling lady goes <laughs> and then her eyes like snap open as she just can't stop laughing you know there's definitely fear in her eyes because this is super weird <laughs> to be happening and then she sees Altari standing standing over her and and then she, now she's just confused looking and she, and she goes what what what, what what what's going on why can't I stop laughing <laughs> hi oh um, my friend Altari just just said a really funny joke, and you must have heard it in your dream, and that and then you woke up. Um, uh, do, do you want to play a game with us? What? No, no, I don't want to play a game well, with you. What? Well, we just we just got lost, and we can't we can't find our way back, and we're just looking for someone to to play with us. Do I look like I play games with little girls? Well, well, I don't know. You laughed at her joke. I'll tell you what. If you go around the corner, 
uh, to, to the hound's tooth and you get me a bottle of, of, of their cheap, they'll know what that means. I will play a game with you. Okay. Now please go away. Um, I beckon to Altarian mm-hmm. to go over and try and get the alcohol, but also looking around to see if I see anyone else that might be a better target. Um, you see a bunch of, you see, you know, older men, um, but they're all, you know, humans and dwarves, which means they outweigh you by quite a bit. Uh, between the two of you you might be able to actually carry this woman. Um, because she does weigh about as much as you two or as you do, but not as much as you two. So you're probably strong enough to carry her because she is a halfling and very thin, but otherwise no. Uh, Altari rushes off. She skips off, uh, happy as a clam, to go do this thing. And the woman kind of sits up and kind of grabs her head and goes, That was just strange. Oh my god. Uh, what? What are you doing? Why? What are you doing here? I'm sorry, did I ask you that? Um. Yeah, we're just, we were just got lost. You're lost in the brown road? Yeah. Aren't you a bit... Are there even any tieflings here? Um, not that I see currently. Okay. We, we just got lost and we're trying to find our way back, but, you know, we just wanted to have some fun. Where's that drow girl? My head she's, hurts. She's off to get what you asked for. And and then you'll play a game with us, right? Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever I said. Yeah, okay. that's, that's what we're going to do, sure. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. Oh, God, my head. Um, oh, jeez. What did you do to your head? Well, I drank three or four bottles, and apparently that was seven bottles short of what I needed. Oh. You'll understand when you're older. Um, okay. Where are your parents? They're back at home somewhere. We got separated from them. I said we're lost. Wait, why, wait, why are you with, a, with an elf? She's my friend. Okay. That's weird. Elves up this far north. Well, she's my best friend. We just, we play together. Okay. Uh, that moment, Altari walks back with a, uh, like a, a clay pot, like a clay bottle. And the woman goes, oh, thank the goddess. Give it here, little girl. And Altari hands it over. She goes, that'll be two silver. And the woman says, well, that would be on you. And she starts uh, drinking it. And she just doesn't stop. She just drinks it until it's all gone. And then she throws the clay bottle against the wall where it shatters. And she goes, okay, you can both go now. But you're going to play a game with us. I don't know. No, of course I'm not going to play a game with you. Why would I play a game with you? Because we got you a drink. Fine... What are we doing? Do I have to move? Let's not move. Let's just play the game right here. What game are we playing? Well, we could s- skip around and and play. Uh, we could play fairies 
and we could run around together and pretend we're fairies. That sounds horrible. It's really fun. How about I watch you and your friend play fairies? But you could come with us. <sighs> What's it's it? much more fun in the woods. Oh, What's in it for me? You could... We could get you more drinks. Is that where... What? More? Yeah. Okay. How much more? What are we talking about here? Whatever makes you feel like a fairy. That's going to take quite a bit. Do, you, do your parents have enough of that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, my... My father has has a lot. I I could introduce you to him and 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 he'll give you as as much drinks as you want. What's your favorite kind? Whatever whatever burns the most. He he has a lot of that. Very well, lead the way. Okay, I grab I'll tear his hand and I lead them both. Okay. And we start going back or... Yeah, back, yeah. The, way, back the way you came more or less. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you start walking back mm -hmm. the way you came. And at that moment, you see uh, that little boy you saw at the river and he's walking back and he's flanked by four guards, like heavily armed guards. So he kind of dodged a bullet on that one, uh, as it were. Um, you are... You're on the main road leading out mm -hmm. when in front of you, you see a flaxen haired uh, dwarf young man, maybe 20 or 30 years old. Um, and he stands in the middle of the road. This is your brother, Mardigan. And he's giving you, you and Altaria the, the evil eye. And he's waiting for you to approach. He has always had it in for you because everyone knows that your father's favorite. And that used to be his position. And as you approach, he goes, What's this then, Nightflower? Oh, we're just playing a game and headed back to Father. Playing a game? Yeah, we're fairies. Fairies? Mm-hmm. Is this dinner? Um, yes, we'll, we'll have dinner when we see Father. And, and I give him a look. And, and he, he ignores your look and just stares at the, at the halfling woman and, and says, you're going to play fairies with these little girls, madam? And the woman goes, I, she said that her parents has, have lots of drinks and they're going to give me drinks. And he goes, and then she'll feel even more like a fairy. Right? Okay, let's go. Father doesn't like them drunk. You know that, Mardigan says as you guys kind of walk past him. And, and she turns and goes, what does he mean by that? Father doesn't like them drunk. Oh, father once had a friend and he got really drunk and he got upset. As you were walking back, <clears throat> the gate guards see you as, as you're walking towards them and they just kind of give you a nod because uh, they kind of know who you are. Like they know you're kind of in and out of here and, uh, you know, they, they're they used to you and your antics. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And so they see you leading this halfling woman um, out of the place and just kind of shrug their shoulders. This is just part of life. Uh, but then one of them stop. One of them kind of holds up his hand as you guys approach and goes, wait. So uh, it's been kind of a light week, if you know what I mean. Um, I, I don't think I know what you mean. The man downstairs hasn't paid his honorific. Uh, do I know what they're talking about? Yeah, there's lots of bribery happening here. Okay. And um, in order to get not be completely murdered by all the people living above, uh, father will bribe individuals to kind of look the other way. Okay. Um, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to, I'll talk to my father. Well, you could talk to your father and you will talk to your father, but she stays here when he points to to the woman. Um, well, she has a very important meeting with my father. She does. Yes. I'll, I'll. Bring her right back up. He kind of rolls his eyes at that statement and he goes, sure you will. How about this? Your father, father, whatever, your father owes us, what is it? What is is it? Uh, Seb, was it seven gold this week? Yeah, I think it was seven gold this week. Your father owes us seven and my purse is mighty light at the moment. So how about you leave? Uh, what, what's your main name, ma'am? And she goes, my name is Neela. How about you leave Neela and I'll tarry here. And you go tell your father to pay us. Oh, I'll t- tarry comes with me. No, she stays here. Um, I try and telepathically speak to my father. Okay. Um, and say, come upstairs, the guards want you. I am on my way. My father's coming. Is he now? Yes. He never leaves his chamber. Well... He told me he will be here. Very well. Come on. And he gestures over to the, to the gate gatehouse and goes, you, why don't we all wait in here for him to show up? Um, I try and talk to him again. Um, hur- hurry up. I, I have dinner, but the guards want seven gold. And they won't let Kill me... Kill them. <sighs> Um, I looked down at my shoes and, and then, um, I look back up at the guards and have they ever seen me use magic or anything? Uh, at this time you are not capable of using magic. Capable of, okay. Do I have anything on me? Um, you have a small dagger. Okay. 
let me let me rephrase so I'm clearer as to what I what I was saying. If this were the day that this is happening, you would not be capable of using magic. But I could try. Yes. Okay. I look at the guards and mm-hmm. I go, <laughs> and I try casting Disney Whispers at both of them. All right. Is that a saving throw? Yeah. Um, and it's psychic. Uh, they both fail. So it's 3d6. Oh, geez. So one takes six points of damage, and he. The other one takes a lot more. And they both kind of grab their heads and are like, ah, what is that? And and as I as they're grabbing their heads, I try and Eldritch Blast both of them. Oh, uh, roll it. Yeah, they're just kind of stunned by what's going on. Um, 14. And roll the second one. Uh, 43, 7, well, that's 17, and then, oh, that's a 6. A 17 right, is Roll six. damage on both of them, please. What? <laughs> 7 and 3. Okay. Your first blast hits the first guard, like middle of the chest, and literally, like his his spine gets broken out from the back from the amount of force it's hitting him. The second guard was already like halfway to being dead when you when you shot the eldritch blast at him, and when he fell down, he revealed that Altari was standing right behind him, and your blast slammed into her middle of her chest and threw her against a wall where you heard a sickening snap as her back of her skull hit the stone and then she collapsed to the ground um I scream and run over she is Terry Lily why what's going I'm 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 so sorry I didn't I was trying the guard was right there I Oh, Terrier. Her eyes start to dim, but then suddenly lock with yours, and she goes, There you are, Nightflower. Why are you trying to hide from me? Just let go and let me in. You can do this. Just let go. No. I will find you soon enough. It'll be so much better for you if you just let me in. No. Leave me alone. Why would I want to do that? Let me in. I'm so close. I can smell where you are. (sighs) And I, I'll just, I, I'll just, I like both my hands, Eldritch Blast, like next to me. Okay. The Eldritch Blast hits the walls and rebound and rocks start falling down. And the last thing you see before one slams into your head is the light in Altari's eyes finally dimming and finally dying. And then it's all darkness for you. And it starts with a drip. Always the drip. One drop, 
two drops. Then comes the smell, that coppery iron smell. You don't know what it means. You're far too young for that. But as you've gotten older, you've become accustomed with that smell, where it comes from, and why you caused it. All you can remember is that something hit your wagon, a great loud bang, and then the ground coming up to hit you. Mommy will be angry if she finds you like this, because your dress is ruined. From the distance, you can hear somebody calling from you. And as you turn over, you see Terry standing above you and says, Lily, father is hungry. We need to go find him something to eat. Um, oh, well, Terry, yeah, yes, let's, let's go. Let's go into town. Okay, Lily. Where should we go? Um, let's... Let's find a, a restaurant or a bar this time. Okay, that sounds like fun. And she climbs up the chimney and, and walks into the conduit. Ahead of you uh, are the guards. The same ones from before, the ones that were formerly dying from, you know, their brains exploding from on the from the inside. And they kind of glance your direction and then just kind of shrug and or go to, to ignoring you. And you, I just walk by. Mm-hmm. And you walk into Blathana. Where would you like to go? Um, what other places do I know of? Um, you've kind of mostly been relegated to like the cheaper areas of town. Um, so Ivan's Bower is a pretty cheap place. It's you know. Um, a place is probably going to be gentrified in the next couple of years, but right now it's kind of that before that process, even before where the artists move in. Um, the the Brown Road is also a really cheap place, and that's where you're going to find somebody cheap. Um, you could continue walking through the city and just go into the orchards, uh, which is the, uh, the really posh part of town, or if you go past that, you'll actually reach farmland. And then eventually, uh, the entrance out of the crutch uh, up to the uh, surface. Okay. Um, I'll go to the first place, like one of the bars in that area. Okay. But haven't. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you walk into Ivan's Bower, uh, and you find a ramshackle tavern called Green Hand. Um, it is, as most taverns are, dimly lit, filled with. Uh, D- disreputable characters. Uh, there's always a guy sitting in the corner who is shrouded in mystery and shadows. Uh, <laughs> you know, as, as it always happens in these places. Um, it's 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 a very. This is a working class bar full of working class people. It's not very ra- raucous. Raucous. It's not very uh, loud. Not filled with laughter. It's just people that are doing the very serious business of drinking. Okay. Is there anyone? kind of passed out or any one smaller uh sure towards the uh towards the front uh, of the bar there is a uh there's a man that's uh, like a very very skinny human who's mm-hmm. kind of leaning one hand one his chin on his hand he's just kind of staring off into space and the tankard in front of him uh is mostly empty and he's you know eyes are slowly drifting closed every couple of seconds 
um, I I walk up to him. Okay. Um. Hi. Hello. What? Yes. Hello. What? Yes. Um. My sister and I we we got separated from our parents. Could could you help us find our way home? What? Home? Where do you, where do you live? What? Um, just down the road a bit. But but I'm not sure. I think it'd be better if we had an adult guiding us. You and your your and he looks over at the uh, at Al Terry and he looks back at you and goes, "You're lost." Uh huh. And you want to go go home? Uh huh. Where do you live? Just down the road. Why are you asking me? Well, I don't know. You seemed nice. Do you know of anyone else that could help us? Well, I... (sighs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's... Yeah, I'll take you home. Sure, I've... Okay. I have a daughter about her age, so yeah, sure. Oh. Let's go. And he, he slowly, like, stands up and stretches his back and he almost falls over. But then he kind of straightens up. He goes, which which way is it? It's it's that way. Hold on, wait. You know you're not supposed to talk to strangers? Well, it's it's better than, than getting more lost, right? Yeah, I... Yes. I... Sure. Um... Okay. Uh, my name is Koro. And um, what's your name? Um... And Altari goes, I'm Altari, and this is my older sister, Lily. Yeah, that. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. And he walks over to the bar and he goes, hey, Mardis, do you know an Altari or a Lily that lives around here? And the bartender shakes his head. He goes, all right, all right. Okay, well, lead the way, little girls. Okay. Um, And I, I lead the way. Um, So you're leading deeper into the district or away from it? Away back to okay. trying to go back, yeah. All right, so you lead him back towards uh, where the, where the gates are, and and he and about halfway back there, he goes, are, "Where do you live? Like we're kind of leaving Lathana." Yeah, well, we, my father was taking us for a day trip there, and I got lost, and I, I think he must have gone back home, thinking I'd go back, but I wasn't sure the way. Wait, do you live in Blathana? No, just a little bit outside. Oh, I'm. Are you? Do you live in Wallander, which which is the name of the uh, next town down the conduit? It's kind of half. It's uh, yeah, just completely down the tunnel, down the other side. Is there a name for anywhere around where I live? Uh, you live in a side passage. Yeah. It is. It is. There's a, nothing. There's nothing like a. Yeah. No. No. It is. It's most people avoid those areas like the Got plague because that's where things tend to live in the darkness, mm-hmm. like they're untraveled and dangerous, and only the, uh, m- only the really bad people tend to go down there or adventurers looking for treasure. Cool. cool. So you're leading him to the gatehouse or to the gate to leave the city. And he he stops about, you know, a block away from the gates. Like, look, little girls, I'm sorry. I forgot your names. Um, I don't know. 
I thought you lived in the bower, but you don't live in the bower, do you? Um, no. Are you just trying to rob me? Is that what's happening? No, I I was really lost. And this is where I live, though. Down there, and he points uh, to the conduit. Yeah. Why? Why would you? Tieflings and drows are not uh, not are allowed in the city. I mean, this isn't one of those horror. This isn't Adis or one of those other places. Um. Well, my father likes it there. <sighs> Fine. Lead the way. I don't. This is really it, peculiar. I don't. It's I almost. Don't... It's almost there. And my father will be really grateful. Well, I'm. I mean, I can understand that. Cause I don't want. I mean, my own daughter. I mean, she's. Uh, she's with her mom right now, and I'm supposed to. And he kind of glances up at the sunstone, and he goes, "I probably should have been walking back by this point." Well, well, you could you could have a. I'm sure my father would have a drink with you when you got there. Why would I want to have a drink with your father? I need to get home. Well, I just figured you like to drink. Okay. That's very presumptuous of you. Well, we're almost there. Yeah, I, I can see that. And, you know, he's, 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 you were kind of like controlling him the entire time. And before you know it, you're kind of standing in front of the gatehouse. Uh, the guards are looking the opposite direction. Um, what would you like to do? Run past. So you just you just ju- run past as quickly yeah, as possible? Yeah, and I try and, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you run them. past. Why don't you roll for me? Yeah, no, I'm going to roll a... All right, so you run past the guards, you grab uh, the man's hand, and you just, like, pull him with you, I assume. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whoa! <laughs> he yells as you, as you drive him past, and the guard's like, wait! What? No, get back! <sighs> we keep going. Yeah, and they're like, we will get you. Tell your father he owes us money. You hear from the gatehouse and then you get around the corner and now you're kind of protected and out of out of the way of everyone the guy's like slow down slow down slow down this is no what what are you no slow down what are we're we're practically here he, this is this is a cave yeah what what are we doing in a cave it's a caves are nice places to live no they're not. everyone lives That's on the surface that they says. can what? Listen, little girl, little girls, I don't know what's going on here, but you both look hungry. And, and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out two silver pieces and he holds them out. He's like, here, just take this. I don't really carry any more cash on me than this. I might have a right. cop or someplace else, but come you're on. You're still going to come with us, right? No. I mean, if you're just going to try to rob me, just rob me and get it over with. But. But I don't want that. What do you want? I... I just want to get back home. But this... No one lives out here. This is the bad area. Well, we live out here. Here, I'll show you. You shouldn't live out here. This is no place for little girls to grow up. Well, well, I'll show you. If you want to see, I'll show you. 
I'm not sure I do want to see. This is scary. Because he's a human, so he's like you're pretty much in pitch black yeah. darkness now, and he's like, I just, can't see just anything. Take my hand and follow me. We're almost there. Okay, but who's gonna lead me out of here? Oh, oh wait, hold on, hold on. And then he pulls out a like a, a piece of uh, another coin from his pocket, and he whispers some words, and the coin starts glowing. And he goes, "That's a bit better." Ah. Uh, Oh, geez, this place is weird looking because it is, you know, the rest of the cave looks like a cave, just a little bit goofy. This place is uh, colorful in the way that the other cave isn't. Okay. Um, and he's kind of paused and looking around and then something crunches on his foot and he stops and looks down and he picks up uh, what appears, what is a femur and he goes, is... Is this from an animal? Um, yeah, probably. And, and then he looks over at you, and he looks at Altari. And he looks back and at the femur, he's like, Okay, I think I'm going to go now. How close are we? Uh, you are fairly close. That If you were to shout, somebody that's living in, in your chambers would probably hear you. Um, there is a small chimney that they would have to get up in order to get here. But uh, to get there, you you could literally just kind of shove the guy 10 feet and he would fall 30 feet straight down. Probably break a couple of bones. Okay. Um. Father, father, I'm here. Father, we're here. From behind, you hear Mardigan arrive. Oh, walk behind you and he goes, did you bring dinner? Um, yes, yes, we're ready for dinner. So your dinner tonight, and the man looks at Mardigan and goes, What? Didn't? What's going on here? Kids? Why are... Um, uh, father! And in the distance below you, you can hear the slithering steps of a Kratos coming towards the chimney. And in your brain, inside your mind, you hear a, one moment, dear. Okay, well, I think I will be going. Now, this place is a little bit further away than I'd like to go. Uh, thank you. Uh, um, it's okay. I'm just gonna... No, you should, you should stay for dinner. Stay here. No, and he kind of holds the femur out like it's a baton or a sword or something like um, that. I run up and I push him. All right. Uh, roll an attack, please. Nine. This guy's a little drunk. Um, so you, you roll, you, you go up and you push him, and Altari kind of saw what you're about to do, so she knelt down behind him at that exact moment, and he, you know, his back of his legs hit her, and then he goes tumbling over, and he goes, ah, ah and then smack as he hits the bottom of the chimney. And then a, oh my goddess. Oh my goddess, what the heck just happened? And down there you can see him laying and his legs are you know, pointed off in the wrong directions. And it, it, there's blood starting to pool underneath him. And then the dark figure of your father stands over the top of him here. And the guy goes, wait. No, this isn't supposed to be happening. 
I have a daughter. I have a... And it gets choked off as your father reaches down and... Well, you know what. And then a moment later, he drags the body away. And Mardigan looks over at you and goes, Well, I guess you're still teacher's father's pet. Aren't you, Lily? I just look down at the ground. After you, he says. Uh, I go down into the cave, I guess. Nice. You start climbing down. Mm -hmm. At that exact moment, as you're climbing down, you hear Altair go, Mardigan, what are you doing? Mardigan, no, let go of me. Um, I, and I then you see her body slam against the side of the chimney and then fall to the ground. What? What are you doing? And then Mardigan, then Mardigan like, peeks over the top and his eyes are glowing a, a soft yellow color. And he goes, I'm so much closer now, my little night flower. While Terry died again. It's okay, though. I have all of her memories. Would you like to know what she was thinking? When you let that guardman drop a rock on top of her head? No, no, get get out of my head. I am not in your head yet. I'm getting so close to it, though. There's very few places left for you to hide. Nightflower, it's okay. All I want to do is love you. Get away from me. No. Just open up. I'll come down there for you. No. I'm coming. Here I am. And Mardigan starts to, like, scamper down the side uh, of the chimney towards you. Um, I throw an Aldrich Blast at him. And I roll to attack. Sixteen. Okay. The Eldritch Blast hits him straight on, and he loses his grip, and he falls down. Uh, roll damage for it, please. Three. Okay. He slams against it, and he starts falling down, and then he reaches up. What is your AC? Twelve. By the way. Um, okay. He reaches up as he and he grabs onto your arm, and he's hanging there in midair uh, while, while, while trying to drag you down. Please roll an athletics to, to hold on to the side of the cave. Eighteen. All right. So you're you're barely holding on because he is he weighs way more than you do. And he has one arm on, on, on your arm and he reaches up and grabs grabs your arm with his other hand and he's still looking up at you with his yellow eyes and he goes, Oh, now that I have now that I have a grip on you, I can feel you so much better. Just let me get a little bit closer. Uh, I can grab my dagger and like start cutting off his hand. He's he's holding on to one of your hands. In order to grab a dagger, you have to let go of the wall. Oh. And you're going, you're yeah, going okay. to fall. I try and slam him up against the wall. All right. Uh, roll a d6 of damage, please. Five. 
you slam him up against the wall and he and it hurts and his grip loosens and he falls down but he doesn't make a noise he doesn't even say anything he just kind of gets to the ground you hear his legs snap beneath him and then something inside of him break and then he just lays there looking up at you and he goes this doesn't matter this body doesn't actually exist and slowly the legs reform like you can see the legs straightening out again and the arms he goes you know you can't beat me here no matter what you do this is my place not yours just give up now you can only run so far and then he stands up am I still holding on oh yeah Uh, can I have one hand free Mm -hmm. Uh, I grab my dagger and I slit my throat oh Jesus um Okay, so you grab your dagger and you slit his throat, and right before, right as the dagger is about to hit there, you see uh, Marion raise his hand and goes, "No!" And then the blood starts pouring out, and then you lose your grip on the wall as you lose your strength, and then you fall and fall and you hit the ground, and then it's darkness again. And then it starts with a drip. Always the drip. The warm iron smelling drops splash against your forehead, waking you up. You'd been traveling with mommy and daddy on a grand adventure. You were leaving Edis, heading to Mel Thamor to start a new life. Where were they? Why can't they hear you cr- your cries? A warm splash of coppery water uh, rolls onto your face and fills your head with Hello, little one. What shall we do with you? In the distance, you can hear the crunch of his footprints on the rocks of the cave. I can almost find you. Please stop hiding. Come back to your family and then a wave from the hadoplegic sea washes over you filling your throat with briny water you're laying on a tiny black sand beach that is being consumed by the ocean overhead the waves twist and writhe crashing with pointless intensity and through them deep into the sea are two burning red embers so far, far away from you, but too close, much too close. You are again that place between worlds, a place of desiccated water and endless night. In the distance in front of you is a fire. Behind you is the sound of laughter, or is it terror? Above you is it. What would you like to do? Um, so what hmm. is he above me? The mystical or, one is above okay, you. He's, okay. okay, got it. Um, and as you sit up on this, this sandy beach and above you is the ocean and around you is the ocean and deep beyond the places between the worlds are the two burning embers. In front of you, 
looking directly ahead of you, you can see a fire flickering. And behind you, you're not hearing water, you're hearing laughter. Okay. Um, I look, I look up at him. Mm-hmm. Um, hello? C- can you help? No response. Can, can you help get him out of my head or not let him come in? instead to try and communicate with him. Mm-hmm. Please, please help. I I need your help to to get rid of him. You're not even sure he's listening. Uh, can I look behind towards the laughter mm-hmm. and start? It's a long, sandy beach, but you think you might see trees in the distance. You're not quite sure. It's kind of just beyond where you can see clearly. And and then ahead of me is... You can see a flickering... You can see the beach going on for a long distance and a flickering fire beyond that. I go towards the fire. Okay. The fire isn't far, but your steps never seem to get you any closer. Why is it so far away? Something crunches beneath your feet. When you look down, you see that something is hidden in the sand. Um, I bend down and start digging. Clearing it away, you discover a small doll made of red cloth and chicken bones. Well, Terry, um, I, I pick her up and I stash her away. Okay. Behind you, far away, you hear a very distant whisper. What is this place, Nightflower? Far from me right now. Where are you? I don't respond and I keep going. That's okay. I'm still looking. It's okay. And the voice starts to fade away as you as you're walking. You start running. Okay. As you are running away, um, The voice kind of comes back briefly and you hear hear him say, Oh, Terry misses you. Brindisi is also looking for you. She almost had you a new calendar. It's okay, though. We're always looking for you. But this place is strange. I don't like it here. Good. And I keep going. And slowly in your brain you can feel like his presence just moving away from you until finally it's just completely gone. And then the smell of burning pitch and oil 
starts to fill up the air around you. And you notice that the sound of the waves crashing onto the shore seems to have been replaced with this staccato rhythm of cicadas. Just just uh, singing in all the trees that suddenly appear around you. Ahead of you, you see a crowd of villagers holding torches. A dark forest has sprung up around you. In front of the villagers is a stack of wood that they laid for a bonfire. A struggling figure is being tied to the central stave of, of, the, bon- of the wood. You can hear her muttered curses and, and, and her grunts of anger as the men are trying to tire to this thing. And then you have arrived at the back of the crowd. What would you like to do? Um, can you try and get a closer look at who this woman is? There's too much light between you and her, honestly. Like, there's all these torches, but they're kind of blocking your view. And everyone's tying her? There's about five men trying to tie her uh, onto this bond, onto this uh, pile of wood. And there's probably about three dozen people, men and women, and a couple of children mixed in. Um, can I try and cast detect thoughts on her? Uh, sure. Uh, you do? Um, rage. She's angry. It wasn't. It just doesn't make any sense. It was. It was just. It was a straight con. It doesn't make any sense. She wasn't doing anything really bad. I mean, a fool and their money is is quickly parted. It wasn't like she was actually doing anything evil. I mean, if people are actually, uh, if people were actually you know smart enough, they would never have fallen for any of her tricks. And those things are just kind of going through her head as she's thinking about this stuff. Okay. Um. And how many men are tying her up? Four. The crowd is almost completely silent, just watching what's happening. None of them even notice that you've arrived. Okay. Um, I try and like keep in the in the shadows, mm-hmm. and I cast Tasha's hideous laughter on all four of the guys tying her. Okay. Three of the guys literally drop her as they just start, they just can't uncontrollably start laughing and they fall to the ground. The last guy starts chuckling, but then kind of shakes his head and he's like, what the? And then he looks down at his friends and he has a big burly arm around this woman. He's looking down at the guys going, get up, you fools. What? This is no laughing matter. We're trying to burn this witch. What is wrong with you people? Get up. And the woman starts struggling a lot more, and then he reaches to his belt and he pulls out a truncheon, and he's just about to knock her in the head with it. Um, I Eldritch Blast him. All right, roll it. But before you roll it, no, you have to roll roll the attack. No, it's not straight damage. Uh, before you roll it, I will say that between him and and you is the woman. So, if you roll. Less than uh, right now, um, he's not moving, so it means you have to beat a 10. If you roll less than a five, you're going to hit the woman. Okay, I did a 12. Okay, good enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Eldritch Blast comes out and hits him. Roll the damage, please. Uh, 10. Okay, jeez. (laughs) Um, 
So you hear a sickening crunch as something inside of his skull breaks from, you know, getting hit with a maximum damage of your Eldritch Blast, and he drops to the ground, probably dead. And the woman is just kind of sitting there, and she is super confused as to what happened. And uh, I... And then the crowd... Speaks her in my turn. mind, and I go, run, run, run! And and you see her start taking off, and then she slams right into the bonfire because she's been... has a bag over her head. <laughs> And then she's kind of trying to get herself together. And the crowd turns around to stare at you. It's mostly humans and dwarves mixed. And they're all just staring at you. None of them are actually moving. Uh, And I start running. Uh, Towards them or away from them? Away. Okay. Uh, You start running away from them uh, as fast as you possibly can. But no one appears to be trying to come after you. You're just running into the forest. It's the sound of cicadas. just fills your ears. Um, dark clouds start to roll in as you are running away from them. And that's when you notice that the dark embers burning up in the sky have, find, have completely gone away. And they're com- and completely covered up by, by these dark clouds. And as you're running the world starts to shift on you. It's weird. Like suddenly it's if gravity kind of shifted over to like a 10 degree angle where it's not supposed to be and then more and more and then suddenly the ground comes up to hit you. And you're laying on the ground and it is hilarious. (laughs) I mean, the world's not supposed to do this. That isn't... But the weirdest thing about what just happened is it feels like you just fell on a pile of fluffy marshmallows. It's Mm. so soft and nice. And honestly, those marshmallows do sound kind of delicious at the moment. You could really eat something like that right now. I, I like, grab next to me thinking it's marshmallows. Uh, You grab it. It's it's a man's foot. And he goes, ow, stop it. Knock it off. Oh. (laughs) And then a moment later. Who are you? And a moment later, a heavy goblet smacks onto your belly. Knocking the air, the air out of your out of, out of you, and it covers you in something smelling fruity and alcoholic. Um. Laughter explodes within the tavern that you're laying in. A couple of hands lift you up back onto your seat, and a new goblet of the same wonderful smelling liquid liquor is is dropped in front of the table in, onto the table in front of you. And a man is sitting across to you and he goes, you're not done yet. You still haven't read me my fortune. Oh, uh, okay. In front of you, you can see uh, a tarot cards already laid out in the proper pattern. And on top of each one of them is a shot. And three of the shot glasses are already emptied. And those three cards are turned over. And he's like, we had an agreement. If you could tell me my fortune and not pass out from all the shots that you would get 10 gold. And um, so far, there's three, and you fell over, so I think you might be disqualified. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Um, well, uh, for, for your fortune, um, I look at the, what are the cards in front of me? Uh, there is a, a sun. There is a tw- uh, the twins, uh, and then there is also a Don John. 
Describe the John John for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I could. I can't remember <laughs> the life of me. Um, honestly, I don't even think you actually know what any of this stuff is. Got You're it. just kind of, this is just what you normally do. You <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, whatever. Uh, the man in front of you, you do know, is the mayor of the small town that you've arrived in a couple of days earlier. Um, Harold, when he scoped him out up in his uh, attic, he he said that he had lots of money and he had no one really to spend it on, so he's probably a pretty good person to get some stuff out of. Cool. Um, he also had a lot of uh, like uh, healing, fake healing crystals and other things like that. So he's a, a deep believer in the arts. Got it. His name is Miles. Oh, um, Miles, I see. Oh, brightness. Brightness. Yes, full of joy and 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 light. Um, oh. oh, in your really? future, yes. Uh, and <gasps> and two beautiful, beautiful twins. Twins. That you can spoil, yes, twins. Mother said I would never have children. Well, mother was wrong. Mother was wrong. Yes. Oh my goddess. And. Oh, this card. Ah, it means there there is some darkness, but but you will darkness. overcome it. No, but the bright the bright sun overshines the darkness and you you will walk through and and overcome it and your your twins will be filled with joy for their father and and spend the rest of their lives uh boasting about you and 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 your name will live on through through them and and into history. This is this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Turn over to the next card. Turn over to the next card. Tell me, okay. tell me what it um, is. But I, remember, remember the deal. You have to take the shot first. Oh, yes, of course. Um, I throw the shot back and I turn over the next card. Okay, it is the death card. <gasps> oh well, well. That doesn't look good. All of the brightness there has to. Balance, balance. There's always balance. I don't. Um, I don't want to die. Who's dying? Am I dying? Does oh, this mean I die? No, no. I, I do not see you dying. Um, I, I think one of your, one of your trusted companions, uh, will, will pass away due, due to the measles. Oh no, the measles. Yes. That's horrible. Can you tell me which one? Or, wait, no, I'm sorry, the cards wouldn't tell you that information. I'm really sorry for asking you that oh, question. Oh, it is okay. It's I don't quite know which one, but but I'm seeing an, an older, an older, bigger, stockier man. You mean Venus? Um, yes, yes, maybe, maybe it's Venus, but, but I don't, I don't, you know, want to, to curse anything. Um... But, oh but but he was he looks much older so oh so death will take him at, at not a young age so you know are we talk are we talking not terrible oh jeez oh my good oh my goddess should I should I go tell the quinta so that that she can she can cure him of, oh, of this well, disease you must not you must accept the cards I'm and not not, sh- not not mess with them I'm not sure I, I can I can bear this this burden well I I mean he should have have. His his vitamin drinks every day, but, but I, that's that's really all you can do. I'm not sure. I want you to turn over the last card, but I still, I can't help it. I need to see what it is. Uh, I'm <sighs> sure. I eat. I grab a shot uh, and then I flip it. It is the Knight of Cups. 
Sure. <laughs> the oh. Knight of Cups. This is a powerful card. Is what what I heard, or am I mistaken? No. Yes. Yes. This is this is full of power because once you've fought that darkness and come into the light, and and your name goes down in history, that before before that happens, you're just full of power and your twins are ruling by your side. Oh yes, this is this is very good. Much abundance. Oh, Ashuna, be praised. This is this oh, except for being but everything else sounds oh my goodness. How 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 can I ever thank you for for but Venus, I I'm so conflicted. So many good things and so many bad things. But I don't know. But you say he lives, lives to a very old age. Yes, it's it's not bad, all bad. Um, you know, in life there there's some good and bad, and they have to balance out. And uh-huh. really, all the power and abundance and everything you're getting, you're you're. I think you won. Well, I I think this. How can I ever thank you for 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 being such a wonderful fortune teller? Oh, I just just the gold and maybe another shot. How much gold did we agree on? Um, was it was it fifteen or uh, am, am, am I? Mistaken? No, I know when I'm trying to be rolled, it was like ten or something. Oh yes, yes, ten, ten. Very well, ten and another shot. Or you want another one of these? You want another another thing? What's going on here? And he points at all the all the glasses on the table. Like what? Are you, what are we doing? What's going on here? Oh, um, just. Just another shot would be fine. Okay, okay. And he holds up his hand. He's like, Alna, another shot for 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 Lilith? Yes. Was that your name? Lilith here. She wants another shot. And he, and he pulls out his coin purse. And, he, and you see that a bunch, there's a bunch of shot glasses in front of him, too. So he's kind of down the road, <laughs> as it were. And and he's like, and, and he pulls out his coin purse. And he drops on the tail. He's like, you've done, you've been nothing, but you have been a goddess and... Ah, uh, Lilith, how I, I asked how I could repay you, and obviously it's the money. But is there anything else I can I can do for you? Can is is is? You said twins. Mm-hmm. When you said twins, who was the mother? Well, and well, it gives you kind of a a, a, a pointed look. Um. Well, well, the cards the cards don't. Don't show that. Have I... Well, I mean, obviously the cards wouldn't show that. Did the cards show if they maybe had horns or something else like that, these, these children? Um, no, no, I just I just saw um, two, two children swaddled. Uh, I must, I must be going. But you haven't taken your money yet. Here, just take, take your money out, out of the purse. Oh yes. Let, of let, let me go. Let me go get. Let me go get, get your drink. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Uh, but thank you. And he gets up. <sighs> <laughs> and at that moment, as he's walking away, I'm really gonna stop saying it at that moment. Um, uh, a, a, a glass breaks as, as he's over at the bar, and you, you know, as natural reaction, you turn your head uh, to look over at the glass, mm-hmm. and. When you turn back to your table and you start gathering up your cards and you grab ten gold out of the purse mm-hmm. or more, how much did you pull out? A couple more. 
Oh, yeah, so like there's, there's like 20 gold and they're all together. So maybe you pull out like 15 yeah. or 16 or something, maybe 17. Mm-hmm. There's another coin, so you might not notice that it's way lighter now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you pull that stuff out. And as you're gathering things up, you notice that it is silent in the tavern. It has grown completely quiet. Uh, I look around slowly. As you glance up, every single eye is looking at you. Every single person in the tavern has turned to face you. Miles walks over mechanically, and he sits down in front of you, and he places the drinks in front of you, and he he says, not even looking in your direction, he's just kind of looking off into space, and he says, I'm sorry, I think it's time that I have to be going. Please have a good night. And he stands up and walks away. And the moment that he stands up and walks to the side, in front of you is a very stern and stout woman, human woman, who is your older sister, Brindisi. And she's staring down at you, along with literally every other person in the tavern. And she sits down. And she says, Father has been very vexed since you've left. Oh, um, well, well, I'm sorry about that. He's so vexed that he sent me to find you. Nightflower, I don't like living. I don't like leaving the crutch. I don't like going up to the surface. You know this. Father is very irate. He ate Mardigan. Well, well, I'm sorry for for all of that. Look, I'm not going back down there. You don't have a choice. You have to come with me. No. <sighs> Lily. No, I'm, I'm not doing his bidding again. I'm not. I'm not going with you. Why do you insist on doing this? You were always this way growing up. Why are you always fighting him? Why? He just wants what's best for you. Why don't you fight him? Because it's father. Not- he protects us. He's not really your father. I know that, but he's as much of a father as I've ever had. Where's your father? I don't have one. Yes, you do. Now, come on. Get your stuff and let's go. No, I'm not going. (sighs) Lily, you know that I am stronger than you. If we have to fight, I'm going to hurt you bad. Very bad. I don't care. Then what about the people in this tavern? As you can see, I have them all. What if her, and she glances over, uh, she like nods over towards a uh, woman, maybe about 20, 22 or so. She has an entire life ahead of her. What would happen if suddenly... You know, blood started shooting out of her ears because I decided to crush her brain from the inside. 
this wouldn't have to happen if you just come. I grab my dagger and I stick it in her. Okay, roll an attack. Ten. She's seated, and she's not a very uh, dexterous person, so uh, you can roll the damage if you want to. So 1d4, and it's going to be plus your dexterity modifier. So three. All right. Uh, four, I think. Oh, four. Yeah. All right. So you, you, you kind of reach over the table and you, you stab her. Uh, where, are you, where are you aiming for? Uh, like right in the gut. All right. Uh, so you stab her in the gut. Uh, the table gets in the way. So you're not doing quite as well. And she reaches out and she tries to grab your hand. And she does, and she's holding your hand as it's like, you know, dagger still in her chest, and she's looking down at it, and she looks over at you, and she goes, You bitch. I am going to make you pay for this. And she pulls the dagger out while trying to crush your hand in her grip. And uh, roll a constitution check, please. Uh, it's constitution saving throw if you have proficiency in it. That's a twelve. Okay. Her hands squeeze so much that you that you just release the dagger, and it falls onto the table in front of her. And she stands up and she's pulling you up with her. Would you like to resist, or what would you like to do? Uh, resist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how would you? What would you like to do? Um. Like I kind of want to try and get out of her grip. All right. Uh, roll a ath- uh, acrobatics or athletics, if, whichever one you can do better. So it'd be dexterity or uh, or strength. Mm, not twenty. Okay. Um, so you, she she's kind of lifting you up at the, at the same time, and then I'm just going to narrate what you do. That you kind of lift one foot up and you just shove it right into I mean, like her, her chest, right where yeah. her, the dagger went into and she gasps and her hands go limp and she falls to the ground and she's just holding her stomach as it's opened up a little bit more. And she just, uh, at this ground. point I try and run out of the tavern. I, you run out into the night, like, and you hear behind her, you, you behind you, you hear, you can't run from father. He will find you. I keep running. Okay. So you run and you run and you run. As you're running running through the forest, you can hear that she's getting that she's you can hear the, the, the sound of leaves and, and and branches breaking behind you. But it's not just one person, it's a lot of people. She's running after you and she's probably bringing the entire town with her. Uh, roll a dexterity, please. Uh, if you have acrobatics, you can roll that. Or stealth, if you're trying to stealth. Okay. Um, so trying to stealth. Mm-hmm. So that would be... Five. <laughs> so you're stealthing and you're trying to hide, but unfortunately your feet keep hitting something. You're not sure what. It's... It's not quite sand, and it's not quite dirt, and it's not quite leaves, but you're making way too much noise, and Brindisi is really close to you now. 
and she's so close that light springs up from behind you and you can see her shadow in front of you so she can clearly see you and you hear her say Lily stop it's over just take your licks like a like an adult I keep I at this point mm-hmm. I'm not like I could keep going yeah absolutely I yeah. Could try okay. yeah so you just yeah. start running uh, flat start out running, running. Yeah. okay uh roll a uh a strength saving throw please The ground starts shaking around you and you just manage to keep on your feet, but you're still running and you hear like a shout of anger like from behind you. And then an arrow hits you in the shoulder uh, doing three points of damage and you slam into a tree from from the impact and you're you're go down onto the ground and you hear Brindisi getting closer to you and she's maybe 20 or 30 feet behind you and she holds up her hand and they start to glow a, a deep green color and she goes stay down lily father wants his night flower back stay down Can I try and cast dissonant whispers on her? Sure. Um, is that a yeah. is that a wisdom saving throw? Uh yes. And it's a psychic. Uh I rolled a uh nineteen. Yep. Nope. Like, I think it takes half. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's the damage on that? Uh three D six, so right. half of that. Uh, 6.5. 6.5, okay. So let's, call it, let's call it seven. We'll be nice. We'll do seven more times. Oh. Right. So she, you see her like, grab her head. She's like, knock it off, Lily. You leave me no choice. We're just going to do this the hard way then. And she re- looks down and she rolls in that one and a <laughs> blast of uh, of uh, green energy like impacts the ground right next to you <laughs> and then her hands start losing the glow and you hear her yell no not right now and I look at her and I cast Eldritch Blast okay uh, roll it Nine. Nine? Uh-huh. Right. Uh no. No, the blast uh the blast hits a tree and misses her. Um, but it hits a tree right next to her. And the branches snaps down and knocks Brindisi away. And it just oof, she says it is it literally knocks her away and she is on the ground and she is not conscious. Okay. In the distance, you can still hear the villagers getting closer, but they're still a little bit, a little bit away. Uh huh. I start running. Okay. As you're running, 
the woods start to thin out. The forest starts to move away. And the sound of the villagers starts to fade along with the sound of cicadas in the distance. And slowly you start to hear the waves crashing on the, store, on the shore. And above you the clouds are gone and it's instead replaced with the ocean. And above you are the two burning embers of him looking down upon you. And then you hear as you're running, Morsel, why are you running? We made a bargain. The deal is struck. The hungry one yet lives. Do you seek correction? Um, I try and speak with my mind to mm -hmm. the one above me. Mm -hmm. Um, I say, uh, help, help me get rid of him. I, I want him out of my head. I want him gone. That is of no concern to me. We made a deal, you and I. And, and I can't fulfill that deal unless he's gone. You need to hide better. Do you, do you have any ideas on how to do that? Maybe not in what was. Maybe in someone else. Uh, I... Try casting disguise self. Not like that. Walk that way. And in the distance, you see a white light shine out onto the beach far, far away. I start running towards it. So you run towards this white light, and it gets brighter and brighter. And soon the Hadoplegic Sea just recedes into the far background. And your body aches because it's been a very long month of travel. The horses died a couple of weeks ago from uh, a wolf attack. And a freak fault storm turned into snow. And at this which is strange at this which is strange at this time of year, but at this elevation, it's not unheard of. And now you stand at your destination, cold, wet, and hungry. In front of you are enormous gates carved into the into the living stone of a mountain. Flanking the gates, staring down at you with stern expressions, are two ancient dwarves, the size of a two-story house. The leader of your expedition, a young, gangly human, dark-skinned human named B, smiles back at you and gestures. Can you believe it? Can you believe it, L? We made it. We got here. Old Drennel said we wouldn't make it this far. But we, but what does he know? Oh, uh, yes, it, it's very exciting. And next to you, a, a dragonborn woman says, That's great, B. But can we go inside? I'm freezing my scales off. And next, and that is a woman named D. 
She's shivering despite wearing every single stitch of her clothing. And then B turns to her and goes, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Let's go in. Uh, 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 Q. And he points over and you see a, a dwarf, uh, a, a dwarf covered in uh, animal skins, uh, smoking a pipe off to the side. And he glances up and he goes, yes, B. Q, go, go open the gates. I don't, this is what, you, this is your job. Open them. And Q goes, yes, fine. And he walks away. And then B turns to you and goes, can you believe this, L? We actually made it. This is amazing. Yeah, it's it's been a long trip. Very long trip. Oh my goodness. What do you think we're going to find inside? Well, I know what we think we're going to find inside, but we can't tell the rest of them that, can we? Uh, no, no, um, what, what do you think? A piece of the fallen star. Hell, we went over this. Right, right. We're going to find a piece of the fallen star inside. Now be quiet. Okay. Before the rest of them hear this. We yeah, can't sure. trust them. And, um, remind me, what are we going to do with it? Fortune and glory, my dear. Fortune and glory. Right, um, of course, yeah. Uh, Q opens up the main gates. Uh, inside is a large courtyard. In the middle of it is a large um, uh, obelisk made of deep red granite. Uh, around around the edges are barracks for uh, ancient barracks and stables for an army that no longer lives here. And further in, you can see the three main gates to the citadel. Um, Q walks over to the main gates and he goes, more gates. What do you want us to do with this? Oh, high Lord and master. And B goes, well, obvi- obviously op- open, open them. Q, that is your job. L, why don't you give him a hand? Um, yes, of course. I I start mm-hmm. going over trying to help. Okay. Uh, so the dwarf walks over to the gates and he's like, and glances over. She's like, "What are What are you going to do?" Well, um, I I can try and pick the lock or something. You pick the lock. You're here for ancient languages. Right. I'm the I'm the burglar here. So please stand back. Okay. And then B walks over to you and goes, "Why aren't you helping him?" Well, he they're here for that. Q, be nicer to L. And and Q shrugs and he starts working on on the gate. Roll a perception, please. Nineteen. As he's working on the gates, you're looking, and the entire thing is covered in um, in runes and glyphs. And as you're staring at them, you start to kind of put some pieces together, and you, and you are reading what they say, and you realize, oh, that's actually a fire trap, and not actually the front door. And if you were to actually unlock that door, that a bunch of uh, alchemic fire would just drop on this guy. Um, that's not good. Nope. And he's still uh, working. Well, uh, stop. 
What? I'm almost done. No, Leave no, me alone. No, 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 no. I, I think we need to find and a different entrance. And then I click, got it. And at that moment, as you knew what was going to happen, <laughs> um, uh, holes above him open up and fo- liquid fire drops down. Roll a dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, 10, and I do have fire resistance. I don't yeah. know if that helps no, a little yeah. bit. That's okay. fine. Okay. Q erupts into flames, and be- right the moment before the fire actually reaches you, uh, you can see, like, literally his skeleton as all of his flesh is melted away from this, and as the fire is getting to you, you feel a hand grab the back of your shirt and just like throw you out of the way and you and you hit the ground and 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 you see like b run over to you and stand over you and goes oh my l l are you okay that fire almost got you uh yeah yeah i'm I'm fine you can't stand so close to traps Uh, yeah that's why we have them right sorry just that was weird yeah and then finally D walks over to you guys and she looks down and she's she kind of shrugs she's like well bigger share for us I guess huh yeah that's uncalled for D he was a man he had a family this is horrible (laughs) and she shrugs and walks away she's definitely in it for the money and then B gives you like a very pointed look. Why is it to say like, yeah. see, see what's going on here? Mm-hmm. See these people? Um, and then he walks over to the door and it's open and you can see an inner, the inner keep itself. Okay. Um, you do kind of have to shove the corpse uh, <laughs> out of the way. Um, you walk inside uh, to the to the inner into the inner keep. The inside is a utilitarian citadel. Um. Lots of doors, lots of chambers, uh, lots of places to go. B turns to you and goes, L, I think we should split up. I'm going to take down this path. You go over here. We'll meet back up here in, say, an hour. Sure. He starts uh, going through the place and you start exploring too. Are you just going to start looking around? Or are you going to follow him? Are you going to go with D? What do you, you want to do? Um, he said to split up and mm-hmm. go, yeah. Then I'll, I'll start exploring and okay. looking around. Yeah. So this place, as, as you're looking through the stuff, this place used to be a dwarven citadel of some sort. You're not sure exactly which one, but it's not been used in centuries. Five, six hundred years at least. Like most of this stuff is very archaic. Um, you, you find little trinkets here and there. And as you're looking through things, you do find some interesting stuff. You find a ring of protection, a plus one ring of protection just kind of hidden. Okay. Um, behind a place you find uh, like 400 gold or so mm-hmm. might be closer to 500 uh, you find a staff of striking that's kind of cool it was hidden um, not really hidden it was just shoved into like a uh, into a, a umbrella stand which is in the back okay. there like somebody just lost it it's that. weird yeah. uh, you find a book that's written in archaic drow which is interesting because that's one of the few languages that the that you don't understand mm-hmm. um it's all kinds of weird stuff uh d shows up and you can see that her pockets are bulging with stuff and she goes hey what uh what'd you find did you find anything good 
you know, you got to share with the rest of us. Uh, yeah, I, f- I found a bunch of gold and um, this book written in a language I don't know. Really? You're the linguist. Why don't you know this language? Well, it's um, not well-known language. Oh, whatever. I didn't find anything. And then she she walks away. She was just clearly lying <laughs> about that. Oh. Um, so you, you walk back towards where uh, B was looking, and you get to uh, the room at the very end of the hall, and you see him sitting at a desk. And roll a perception really quick. Thirteen. Okay. For a brief moment, you think he's holding something in his hand, maybe a card. You're not sure what it was because a second later it puffs away in this gray smoke that quickly dissipates. And he kind of glances at his hands and he turns his hand over and glances and just stares at it a few times. And then he just turns his head to the side and he goes, L, is that you? Mm-hmm. Did you find anything? I... Uh- yeah, a bunch of gold and some books. Hmm, like what? Uh, it was written in archaic elvish. Really? Give it here, please. Uh, okay, I handed it to him. And he gives you, and he actually gives you like a, like a wink um, when you hand him the book. Uh, mm-hmm. Very conspiratorial. And he, and he holds the book and, he lo- and he's like, oh my, this is it? It's the proof. The proof of what? Just give me, give me a few seconds. Go, go distract D. Make sure she doesn't come in here for a while. Okay. And then, as you're walking while you hear him yell back and close the door. Okay. I go out. I close the door and I make sure D mm. doesn't go. Near. Yeah, D's sitting at, at like a at a bench in the courtyard, and she looks over and she goes, "Do you actually know B?" Uh, I mean, just from traveling together. So he hired you two like the rest of us? Yeah. What do you think about this whole don't tell anyone your real name crap? Um, I think it's fine. I mean, I can understand the utility of it. But at the same time, it doesn't... You can't run an operation like this and and, and keep people honest. I I mean I I don't think knowing our names would change that much. Why not? Don't you believe that names have power? Well, B is a name and D is a name and L is a name. Yeah, but D isn't my name, it's just this is my first initial. Like L, what does that stand for? Well, I'm not really comfortable saying. You don't trust me now? Is that what you're trying to say to me? Well, I don't know. I just... And where is B? What's he doing right now? It's... Don't worry about it. He just got distracted with some things. I don't understand. So, So what'd you find when you were looking? I told you I didn't really find anything. I found maybe a couple of copper. Do you really want to split up the copper? Maybe uh, we can get some coin. I cast detect thoughts. Ah, uh, she found a lot of gold. 
unlocked. You found a, a hidden vault that was full of golden gems. Do I sense anything in her thoughts about the whole naming and trusting thing? And like, oh what no, she's no, trying she is. Uh, she's trying scheme? to get you to. She's trying to get you to tell her your name. So that does she have some plan or plot? Or oh, she's probably going to murder you oh. uh, to take everything. Um, that's like nine, 90% sure. She, it depends on when she's going to murder you. Okay. Uh, she also doesn't really like how she also thinks that you and you and B know each other. Okay. Like you, that you are actually w- closer than just, uh, mercenaries that were hired. Okay. Like she does not trust you two and she's going to try to do everything in her power to break you two up in some way. Yeah. <laughs> And that's all going through her head. She's like just making some blather up about, you know, that she just found copper. There's nothing really important. She's like, I don't know. That B guy, he doesn't seem very interesting. Something about him. Look, I don't want to pull this whole sisterhood card here, but he can't be trusted. And you can? Well, look at us. More women of the world. Of course I can be trusted. I got your back. You got mine. Him, what is he going to do? He's, I mean, he's a weak. Oh. At that moment, the bee walks into the courtyard and goes, I'm what now? Um, we were just having girl talk. Girl talk. <laughs> well, I know where I'm not wanted. But come, I found the directions. It's this way. Well, I follow. Right. And here behind you, uh, do you just go... (sighs) And get up and start, like, trudging uh, after you. Um, Part of you is a little weary that she's walking behind you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) But but B is just, you know, bounding ahead of you. He walks over to a door, and it's marked in in Dwarvish Cistern on top of it. Um, And he he grabs the handle of the door, and he opens it up. And another, and you see in front of you a waterfall just crashes into this round room from 100 feet overhead. It's, it's, uh, a set of stairs descend down into the frigid water, uh, going down into the very heart of the mountain. B mutters some arcane words and then points above, and a freezing blast of energy shoots from his hands and freezes the waterfall above you. The water in the cistern begins to lower, and the stairs are revealed to go down and down and down. And B turns to you and goes, I'm not sure how long that's going to hold, so we probably should make haste. Got it. You start walking down and you come to what appears to be like gates, but open like portcullises. And when you look down into them, you see hallways which is weird because you wouldn't really build a cistern like this mm-hmm. but you know B is still bounding ahead of you and he's just going down he's literally walking uh, like his feet are always in the water as he's trying to get down there as quickly as possible as the water is just uh, getting sucked out of this place and eventually he gets to an actual closed door and he stops in front of it and he goes and he kind of cocks his head to the side and he turns back to you and he goes 
Uh, D, get get this door open. I don't. I'm not sure I can actually open it. And D shrugs and walks over, and she puts her back into it, and she opens this large, um, uh, like a, a airlock type door. And when it opens up, a deluge of water shoots out, barely missing D. She just jumps to the side as all this water just pours out of this place, and she gives B a look of pure death uh, from this. Inside is a large room. And even though this room had been submerged underwater and completely filled, the door didn't make any noise, and it seemed like that it was very easy for Dee to open this thing up. Behind the door is a large chamber, and it's still cold and still half-submerged. Floating in the water are the bodies of hundreds of elf men, women, and children. And they're all perfectly preserved, as if they were sleeping instead of dead. The body closest to you, a little girl, about seven, turns her eyes to you and says, Why are you hiding, daughter? Just let go. Come back to me. Nightflower, come back to me, all the corpses say all at once. And then the room is abruptly and sharply silent. And B turns to look at you and goes, This room is not the one we're looking for. What do you think, Al? Um... Yeah, it's, it's kind of spooky. Spooky? Well, I guess all the bodies... Yeah, sure. Let's keep going. And he starts running down the stairs again. And then D turns to you and goes, After you. Sure. Hmm. And I kind of try and keep my awareness about me hmm. towards her. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably a good idea. Um... You descend the stairs, you, above you, you don't know how far you've gone down. The waterfall was probably a, a five, six hundred feet above you at this point. It's pretty deep. Um, you finally get to the bottom of the stairs and there's a grate. The bottom of the cistern is a grate and the water you can still, you can see is still trickling through it, descending down to an unknown depth and feeding the uh, river at the valley below you. B mutters some more words in front of a large iron door covered in elvish script. His knuckle, he then knocks on the door, and his knuckles send an explosive thunder through the cistern. And then the door slowly opens inward. This was a throne room of an elf queen from a long, long time ago. The stone of the room had been gently carved to resemble trees and branches with multifaceted emeralds as leaves. At the end of the room is a throne made from a single piece of petrified wood. On the wall, on the wall above the throne is a huge tapestry easily ten feet tall, depicting a hauntingly beautiful elf sitting on a throne. Behind her, arrayed on the, wall, arrayed on the walls, 
are the helmets of a dozens of dwarven nobility. At her feet are their skulls. A cruel smile rests on her face as she stares out an open window at the valley below. And on the throne, on the actual throne and not the tapestry throne, is a steel, banded steel box. Dee walks into the room and goes, Great goddess, I'm rich. And she starts going through and just starts grabbing emeralds off of all of the uh, carved trees that are in this place. B completely ignores her and walks over to the box. And he pulls out and he knocks in the box with his, with his uh, knuckles again in the box. And another explosive sound fills the room. And then the box opens. Inside the box, you see a copper sphere about the size of an apple. On the outside of the box, it's it's covered in pock marks, seemingly at a random pattern. B reaches into it and picks up this coppery sphere, and he holds it in front of you and goes, "Okay, L, it's your turn. Do your do your business." The language you realize that those pock marks aren't actually random. It's a language called Qualith, which is the language of mind flayers. A language that you're one of the few people in the world that actually understands. Mm -hmm. I read it. So you have to put your hand on top of it because it's actually read. It's it's more of a form of like Braille than, Uh than, you know. So you put your hand on it. And these words fill your mind. And then B turns and goes, what does it say? L tells me, what does it say? Um, I, I whisper just into his ear, mm-hmm. so no one else will hear, specifically D. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it says, Behold thy doom, inside dwells change, the evolution paths open. After these words, leave your mouth. An unholy voice screams to the chamber. You clutch at your skull to get to stop but no one else can hear it or no one else can hear it except for B it isn't speaking words, just ideas, a way to change flesh, to make it melt and reform, to cause life to inhabit dead tissue, to cause new thoughts to take root in the de- in a decayed mind, to give extra life, to steal it from the living, to change the world, to remake it in your image. And it'll be so easy. All it would take is a little focus, a little will, a little blood. And there's so much of that, but the other, his blood is strange. It's inimical. Inimical, your blood has all the taint of the rival. You need better blood. A brighter scent. There's somebody else in this chamber. Their blood would probably work for this. The knowledge could be yours. Oh, yes, there's a way. It isn't difficult. A teacher can be sent. Just open up a bit more. It will take time. But time is unimportant to us. For one such as you, just let go. It'll be so, so easy. Why are you fighting? Just let go. Let go and make these wondrous creations create such beauty. And then you hear an explosion and B pulls the sphere away from your hand and you fall to the ground gasping as suddenly these thoughts start to just die inside your head and the room starts filling up with water. And B turns to you and goes, I think that was the, the waterfall. Okay, children, let's get out of here. And he, he's like, come on, L. And he grabs you and lifts you up and he shoves the, uh, the orb into a pocket 
And he goes, go, go, go. I'll get, I'll get D. And what do you do? I kind of stumble, but I start going. I just listen mm-hmm. and start going. By the time you get out of the chamber, the water is up to your knees and it's starting to fill the throne room. Um, you get up, like you finally get above the water and you're still just going up and then you hear below you the door slam and and the uh, the, the catch being thrown and you look down and you see that uh, that B has closed the door and, and, and he looks up at you and just starts running up towards you. Okay. And as he gets closer, he's like, just keep going now. Just keep going. Okay, and I, yeah, I, I keep going. Uh, make a constitution check, please. Ten. Okay. Whatever was inside that sphere, those thoughts, they really did a number on you. It is hard yeah. to keep going. Especially with this water coming up, and especially because of how cold it is in this place. You get up maybe a couple more flights of stairs and the water is getting so close you just can't seem to get your legs to move. Roll another constitution, please. Nine. And you just you just gotta take a rest and stop and be literally like grabs you and lifts you up and he's like L, this is no time to wait. We can't die here. And he starts dragging you up the stairs. And it's just getting difficult to keep moving. And you keep moving your legs, but it's just nothing wants to happen. And roll under the constitution, please. Okay, uh, eight. Okay. Um, And then as you get to the top, the world goes dark. As you just can't deal with this anymore. Something is living inside your head. Something horrible. And it's so cold in this place. And you just want to just want to go to sleep. But B keeps dragging you. And you keep his you hear his his litany of, of stuff like of encouragement saying, We can't stop here, L. This is the wrong place, L. We gotta keep moving. And finally you open your eyes and sleet is falling on top of you. And then the eye your eyes start to sag shut again. And then you open up again, you're looking down, and you can see that the muddy road is moving beneath you. And then a tree is swaying in the breeze. And then B says something in an arcane language, and a and a brown bear gets thrown a dozen feet. Which is weird because he never had that power before. Like he was never that strong before. Something changed in him, but you're not sure what. And the weird thing is that isn't even your thought. Like, you don't know who he is. Why would you know that? Then you can feel the rough bark of a tree getting tangled in your hair. And then a moment of peace as snow is drifting down in front of you as the sun sets. And you're finally just resting there. And as as your eyes are starting to sag shut, you realize that there's a cabin in front of you, maybe a hundred yards away. The sun is going down, but there's so much light and warmth in that cabin. All you need to do is get up. And B is shaking his head and kneeling down next to you. 
And he takes a deep breath. And he says, Lagatha, my sister. I thought you would be with me always. I really did. But you ended up as weak as the rest of them. And then B stands up and his features melt. And he changes from a dark-skinned man into that of a dark elf. And he smiles. And he goes and he says, Nothing to say, sister. Um, who are you? Well, that's a funny thing to ask, isn't it? It's, you don't remember, your, you don't recognize your own, your own brother. Yes, sorry, my, my mind has been a lot of places. It's okay, little sister. Everything's going to be okay now. And he reaches down. What? And then he thrusts a dagger into your chest. And he leans in close to you. And he whispers into your ear. When you see mom and dad again, tell them that their vengeance is at hand. The house of Maldale will rise again. Then he kisses you on your forehead and stands up. And the last thing your eyes see before succumbing to the darkness is the, is the door of the cabin opening and Eldar Dudin beckoning Maldale to walk into the cabin. And then darkness. And it starts with a drip. Always a drip. One drop, two drops. Then comes the smell, the coppery smell of freshly spilled blood. Your father decided to take a shortcut to get around the guards at the crutch gate. And something hit your wagon in the deep dark. You try not to open your eyes, but you can't help yourself. They flutter open and settle upon the vibrant face of your mommy. She stares down at you, her eyes welling up with tears of love. Her mouth opens to say something to you, but only a line of red saliva trickles out. She tries to mouth something to you, but no sounds are made. Her hand reaches down to you, but then spasms as her entire body goes rigid. Then a final, shuddering breath leaves her lungs, and she is dropped onto your small form. Above you stands Father. His mauve skin is slimy and the four tentacles above his mouth writhe and shake with dark mirth. A drop of slime hits your head smelling like the sulfury, musty smell of stone and despair. And then you hear in your head, Hello, Viand. And your eyes pop open. You're in a cabin somewhere. And your topaz gem is again around your neck. And Agliax is rising out of a puddle of bile on the ground. <gasps> Tune in next time to see what happens. Ah! <laughs>
on Fear Initiative.